Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad to be back. I've only been gone two weeks. I was just thinking about Bhante Bhadia was gone for, what, three months? Yeah. It felt like a long time for me. And I'm going off again Friday morning. So, <laughs> um, Being gone, I was in California for two weeks in uh, the Southern California area. And I was really able to see again how lucky we are to have this temple. There's nothing like this out there. There are temples, and there are some uh, temples with, uh, you know, Sri Lankan monks, big temples, but you don't see as many Westerners at those temples, even though they're, but and then LA, things are so far apart. There can be a temple near downtown that's hours away for someone, so you can't commute very easily. So I was doing workshops with a friend who's an Iyengar yoga teacher, and we had so many people who um, were studying suttas and studying their Buddhist teachings online or with podcasts. They were meditating using podcasts and what they could pick up. And they were, you know, they're in the land of milk and honey, right? They're in, they're in Southern California. They can have everything. But they don't, they, so many people didn't have a Buddhist teacher or a place that they could go to meditate. So I just kept thinking, what, how did this, how did we get this? You know, what, what, what caused this? Because I thought, how, I really, you know, being away from it, I always see and feel like I miss this temple. It's a really wonderful space. So, here we are in Woodstock, Illinois, and we've got something that's like a golden jewel, I mean, a, a, a precious diamond. So it's, uh, it's good we have that. But there are a lot of people looking for what we have, and they, they have a harder time finding it, so this is good. You know, I'm not sure there's one that I've been to for a lot of ordinations uh, and things, and they have, they have quite a few Westerners, but I don't know how much they do in English. I'm sure they, uh, the monks all speak, most of the monks at uh, Piananda's temple speak English, so I'm sure that they have kind of a mixture of both. They may have separate services. Yeah, it's in, yeah, I think it's on Crenshaw. The big one, Piananda's temple. It's called, I can't think of the name, but they probably have English because they all speak. There's a lot of English there, and a lot of Westerners are real, uh, really support the, the work. So, but that one is so, it's, it's kind of downtown, not quite downtown, but you know it would be, a really long commute for people, so to even have something. Those poor people, I feel so sorry for the people in Los Angeles. You know, it takes forever to go anywhere, the freeways. So you might be what we would think of as a 20, maybe max, 30-minute drive, and it's going to be triple that there. So there's a big incentive not to (laughs) be connected with something that far away from where you live. But that's their 
That's, that's their choice. A lot of them wouldn't trade to live here, but, you know, I could, there's such a difference. I felt like I breathe better when I get back here. But, um, a lot of people, though, have beautiful practices and they're very disciplined and they've been doing, uh, doing their practices on their own with very little support from a sangha. And I think, I think what they're aware of is how nice it is, would be to have a sangha. So, um, just to have a community of people, even if it was just to get together in someone's living room and do, that's what our Las Vegas group is doing right now before they, they get their monk out there. They're, there's, they have meditation with their group, which is pretty small, but they're consistently doing it, doing that. So they've got their, their, uh, that sangha is important, even if it's two or three people that you can sit with and, uh, just talk to. It's good to have. So we have it, we have it. So this is such a nice setup here. We've got it. So hopefully, I know all of you who come all the time, you appreciate it. So it's a good thing. Um, Anyway, that's when I came, what I realized was I was really homesick for the temple, and I was only gone about, what, 13 days. (laughs) Didn't take long. So, um, there, I found something that I, that I found when I was working on the workshop that we do. And it's, what we do is help people find, uh, good postures and some exercise, some stretches and things to do right before meditation that help your body, uh, or postures for people who have difficulty with traditional sitting postures. And then we go into the meditation part. So it's about a three-hour workshop we do. And it's, been, it's something we've worked on for uh, several years. And there's a real, there's a real need for it. So um, that's when I was working on that. We, each one of the workshops we did, we tried to do some walking meditation. And I found something by Thich Nhat Hanh. And some of you may have seen it too, but it's, it was, it's perfect to use for walking meditation. But the more I looked at it, the more I thought, this simple little thing to use, and he calls it, Thich Nhat Hanh calls it a, uh, he called it, where I read it online, anger walking mantra. So, uh, I thought, okay, that's perfect for walking meditation. And it's perfect for more than just anger. Uh, you can use it for any kind of emotional state you're working with at the moment. And the more I kept reading it and, and playing with it and thinking about it, I thought this one little uh, mantra, he calls it a mantra, but if you're doing walking meditation, it can be, you know, the words that you can repeat to yourself, just like... Uh, you know, when you do walking meditation, you're focusing on the movement of your feet. So this, this is something that as you're, as you're breathing and you're walking, you can just say to yourself. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought this little mantra, this, there are six, six lines to it. It covers to me the, the four noble truths in a different way. It covers everything that we talk about when we talk about the Four Noble Truths, 
which I know this group has, we've talked about it a lot because it's part of what we always talk about when we talk about the precepts. And um, I'll, I'll share it with you, and I don't have a copy for everybody. I can do that later, make copies, but you can, I think you can memorize it. You're all younger than me, so I know you can memorize it. <laughs> so, and, and I, I'll, pre, uh, I'll preface it with a little bit. So I came back, and the whole time I was gone, I didn't have Netflix or, you know, I didn't have TV or any, any of, of the, my typical distractions. I don't have TV, but I have Netflix and other things when I am at home. So, and I had, um, I had an opportunity to watch myself, like the things that would irritate me, the things that would, you know, I'm on holiday. My days were pretty, pretty nice. But I, I could see areas where I was getting irritated at things. And, uh, I mean, again, I'm, I'm in Los Angeles. The weather never got higher than 80. And it was, uh, there was a breeze and it was nice everywhere. But my friend I was staying with, and I'm staying in a little guest house uh, uh, that she just made, just built in her backyard. So when I'm in my little house, my tiny house, I called it, because she made it out of a single garage. So um, I could turn the AC up, I could open the window, I could do whatever I wanted. But when I'd go into the house to be uh, getting a meal or we were getting ready to go somewhere or we're working on our workshop, she keeps her house really warm. She's a very uh, cold-natured person. And so her house, and, and usually her, she goes in her office and turns a space heater on. And that's in the summer. So I'd go in the house and the windows would be closed and, uh, we'd be working on something and I would, and I'd just be like hot, immediately hot. There's no breeze. But outside, the, the breeze is there and the, you know, it's just beautiful. It's perfect weather. But inside, when I had to be inside her space, I felt like, I, I, I realized after a couple of days, I'm getting really ticked off about this. I'm like, I'm like, you know, why, where's the central air? You, I know you've got central air in this house. And why are the windows all closed if you don't have central air? And I was just kind of, I was smoldering hot, but I was also smoldering. And I realized I was getting angry about it. And then when we finally talked about it later, she was getting ticked off because she knew I was angry and she, she didn't really want to make the house cool enough to make it comfortable for me because then she'd be too cold. So the, this, uh, the, the thing I'm going to share with you from Thich Nhat Hanh, I thought, I watched myself for two weeks. This is perfect for me. This is, that just, uh, and it, and even when I would think, oh, I'm just a little irritated because I'm in the house, I've got my robes on and I'm sweating. And if I step outside, the breeze is great, it's perfect, but why do I have to be in the house to work on stuff or to eat a meal? So, um, and whether we call it irritation or I'm uncomfortable or I'm unhappy with it, it's anger, right? It's a form of anger. It's on the spectrum. It's there. So it it took a lot of, uh, I mean, we had a lot of talks about the temperature thing. So it became, 
I told her, if we had ever been like a couple, a married, and we got married, we would have killed, I would have killed you by now. <laughs> it would not have lasted. I would have absolutely been at, that, at the verge of that. And we've known each other for 50 years. So we've been through this same discussion, you know. It's, it, we, this is not even new for us. So um, then I came back home. We got, you know, we worked out the the uh, feelings of hot and cold and how different different we were and how we both were ticked off at the others being different. And I had a lot of insight about that. And then I got home and uh, I had told Marty when I saw her yesterday that I hadn't, you know, I hadn't been keeping up with the news. So I would only see the maybe a headline in my email and then I'd just get rid of it because I just was going to be, I didn't have to be dealing with that. So this this morning I was trying to just uh, rest my eyes and and I had turned YouTube on to listen to some wonderful Dhamma talks. And instead I started watching MSNBC on YouTube with Joe in the morning. I was listening to it. I didn't have to really watch it. And you know exactly what I got, and I got a week's worth of it, was all the Epstein, Epstein, uh, the whole story, the whole, you know, the, the, the whole, uh, ugly story. And, and, uh, it was, it was like, oh, this is why you said I was lucky not to have been watching any news. And I thought, okay, this is hard to listen to. This is hard to listen to uh, all the sexual abuse of of, of young in, of young minors and uh, how how somebody with a lot of money was able to just kind of buy the protection from the law. And I thought, okay, this is the kind of thing that so many people in this country are watching. Or listening to, and there's a kind of anger that there's a, there's that there's something that keeps coming up. It's like this: if you're not angry about it, you're you're unhappy about it, or you don't you just can't. Uh, we it never stops. It's never stopping. And and seeing all that, I thought there is this kind of collective frustration. I think in this country with the stuff that we're we're exposed to and the i mean something that's taken a long time to even come to our awareness and then all the ramifications of it and when does it stop and then the tweets and the four congresswomen and the the all that this is this I got a whole dose of that today and I thought wow this and if you're a news junkie you're getting the same stuff every single day. So if you're not angry about it, I'm, I, that's, that's incredible. I'll just say that's, and if you can, if you, if you have the equanimity to not be, uh, you know, just tossed and turned with that, that's wonderful. But I think this, uh, his anger walking mantra from that, this is Thich Nhat Hans, is is a is something that all of us can use, and I see it too personally with people that I talk to, um, angry about a personal relationship or a situation, you know, being hurt from a situation, 
in their in their own in their own lives and and not being able to work with not having a way to work with it and we all know if we're meditating that's a practice that's a way to work with it but but sometimes people are get, there's so much kind of there's so much of a difficult emotion at work that's just kind of coming back any little thing will trigger it and they take two steps forward and then there'll be a phone call or there'll be something that they see or they'll get a text from somebody and they just are right back in that same cycle of why is this happening to me and why can't why can't i get why why can't i get rid of this feeling and so i think we need as many techniques as we can have to work with our difficult emotions now that can be sadness it can be uh what are what are your favorite difficult emotions besides anger fear frustration pain did you say yeah pain sadness um i mean what we all have favorites and we all probably have even uh, you know there are personalities that we can think of with certain emotions so any kind of difficult emotion you can just plug it in here so if it's just uh, frustration with the news or you know you can use your favorite but and then and then i just got real excited when i saw this is teaching the same thing that the four noble truths is teaching so breathing in i know anger is here breathing out i know the anger is not me breathing in i know anger is unpleasant breathing out i know that feeling will pass breathing in i am calm breathing out I am strong enough to take care of this anger. I just love this. So see if you can see if you can do it with me so you can start uh, breathing in. I know anger is here. So say that line. Breathing in, I know anger is here. Breathing out, I know the anger is not me. Breathing out, I know the anger is not me. Breathing in, I know anger is unpleasant. Breathing in, I know anger is unpleasant. Breathing out, I know that feeling will pass. Breathing out, I know that feeling will pass. Breathing in, I am calm. Breathing in, I am calm. Breathing out, I am strong enough to take care of this anger. Breathing out, I am strong enough to take care of this anger. Isn't that nice? and i think i think everybody should uh write it down and use it if you and if you're 
If your brain still works better than mine, you probably already have it memorized. And some things I want to point out. He never says, my anger, right? It never says, it, he doesn't even say, I am angry, or I know I am angry. We're not identifying. The anger is not who we are. It's not the anatta, which is, you know, one of the qualities of all composite things in all beings is is that uh, that that not non self that not self quality, and so uh, the anger is not who I am. Anger is not me. Anger is not mine. So we don't have to identify. It doesn't have to be I am an angry person, or you know I get angry a lot. This we can we can even this even helps us see this is not who we are. This is this is that passing. This is like those thoughts that we let go when we meditate. This is the passing. It's the passing, the temporary condition. We know it's temporary, but we don't feel it's temporary, especially anger or sadness, any of our difficult emotions. When we're experiencing them, we we don't remember that they're temporary. We feel like we'll we'll be that way always, so we can identify it with it. I'm angry. I've been angry for years at so-and-so or at this situation. So the first thing I, I love about it is it's a feeling. It's not it's not me. You know, this anger is not who I am. And uh, so it's, I know anger is here, breathing out. I know the anger is not me. I know anger is unpleasant, breathing out. I know that, why don't all of you close your eyes and I'll read it for you and see if you can. Breathing in, I know anger is here. And you can put in your own personal favorite negative feeling. Breathing out, I know the anger is not mine, is not me. Breathing in, I know anger is unpleasant. Breathing out, I know that feeling will pass. Breathing in, I am calm. Breathing out, I am strong enough to take care of this anger. So we're experiencing and feeling the anger. The first thing we do is, you know, it's not me. This, if we're sad, if we're depressed, if we're fearful, it's still not who we are. It is a passing, it's a passing feeling, it's a feeling. So the first thing we recognize is that the feeling's here, it's present, but it's not me. Then we, then the next breath in, we know that that feeling, that anger is unpleasant. It's not a, it's not a happy feeling. Breathing out, we also know that feeling will pass. Breathing in, we can be calm. I am calm. 
breathing out, I am strong enough to take care of this anger. And I love that line. It's not like I am superhuman, I am God, I can take care. It's like I'm strong enough. I, I just love that. I'm, I, I know, we can know that, you know, we have that feeling, but we can also know we, we have the skills, we have the ability to take care of it. And we know that because we have our practice, we have our noble friends, we know the ways we can work with that, and because we know the Four Noble Truths. You know, there is suffering, and that suffering, there's a cause for it, and that's clinging, that's, that's that attachment to it. And we know there's a way out of it, and we know the path out. So when those, when those dark feelings come, those negative feelings, we know they're not us, so we don't have to identify with them, but we can know they're here. And then we know that we know that they're unpleasant. We don't, we don't like them. They're not, that's suffering. So if that feeling is with us and it's unpleasant, if we attach to it, if we cling to it, then that's suffering. So we know it's unpleasant. So this, this little mantra gives us a way to not attach to it, not cling to it. So we know it's not who we are, and now we know it's unpleasant. So if we know it's a feeling, we know it will pass. We know there's impermanence, so that's anicca. Everything is impermanent. So, okay, it's going to pass. So knowing it will pass, then the next thing in, I can breathe in and I am calm. I might still have the anger, but I can be, okay, it's a feeling, this will pass. So breathing in, I am calm. Breathing out, I am strong enough to take care of this anger. So whatever the feeling is, we can give ourselves, give ourselves uh you know, we don't have to be superwoman, but we, we can, we're strong enough to take care of this feeling. It doesn't have to overpower us. We don't have to, you know, be, it doesn't, it doesn't have to win. So we can work, we can work with it. So I think it's, it's really wonderful. And I think try to, try it when you're walking to your car or walking to your front door when you go home tonight or if you do if you have a chance to do walking meditation it's a really good mantra to use in that practice so i wanted to share that with you because it's a very good practice for me <laughs> and i have i have you know proof all the time that there's oh those things that keep cropping up for us there are difficult. So thank you very much.